those that are listening by way of Facebook or radio, I want to say welcome to you today and to the house of the Lord, and I want to say happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. Amen. We appreciate you, and we want to hope you have a wonderful and a blessed day. If you haven't saw your kids yet, I hope and pray that you will see them or you will hear from them this day because it is, uh, you know, if you still have your mother around, I'm, I'm thankful I still have my mother around. And, you know, if you do, we ought to be thankful for that because uh, God's blessed us and there's a lot of people that don't have that privilege today. And one day, uh, you know what, if the time tarries, I'll, I'll be in the, uh, possibly be in the same boat you're in. But you know what, the same God that will he is helping you will help me. And I'm looking forward uh, to the things of God. But this may be our last Mother's Day. We don't know. God could come and get us all and take us home. But I'm ready to go whenever he's ready. And I'm just thankful uh, I was able to see my mom yesterday uh, afternoon for a little while, so I thank the good Lord for that and saw my family and lo looking forward to one day we'll spend eternity in heaven together and uh, just want to welcome everybody here, all the visitors, all the members, and just remember our services, uh, you know, Wednesday night, 7 o'clock here in house radio or by live by Facebook and also on Sunday mornings at 1030 and uh, we're going to be meeting next week, uh, next Sunday. Uh, with the financial committee, and we're going to talk about some things about uh, opening the rest of the way up. So uh, uh, just keep that in prayer. And I'm just thankful that uh, these things are getting behind us. And, uh, you know, I told my wife and son yesterday, uh, we went to that service for Philip Walker, and uh, that's the first time in over a year that we've actually sat together in God's house. You know, I'm, we ain't been in God's house, but far as I actually sat together as a family, in God's house, and because uh, I'm usually up here running my mouth, amen, so, but it was good just to sit there and to listen, and, uh, you know, we take things for granted a lot of times, what I'm trying to get across to, and we think they're always going to be here, everything's going to be the same, but things change daily, everything changes daily and yearly, and let's just do pray for the, uh, pray for the Walker family, that was Brother Bill's uh, grandson, uh, he was a special person, and uh, he's celebrating with his mother in heaven today, and I'm so thankful for that. Also, the Holmes family and the Bill family, let's remember them. They both, uh, Sybil Bill and Charlie Holmes, both passed away uh, last week, so remember them. Uh, Miss Kidd, I talked to her this week. She said that she was some better. She's got to go back and see the, uh, uh, she went back and saw the surgeon, and I think she's got to go back later, but she's doing some better, but remember her. My wife's uncle, Rob, remember him. The doctors have done all they can do. He's under hospice care, and uh, he's a good man. He's uh, been preaching the gospel for many years, uh, but he needs our prayers in his family. Also, let's continue to pray for Sister Shirley. Let's pray for Sister Omi Bone, Elizabeth Barley, uh, Christina, uh, Ed and Barbara Ganey. Let's continue to remember them. Janice Moore, uh, Jesse, and also Phil, uh, uh, let me let me mark that off. Philip Walker don't need prayer, does he? Hey, Amen. And uh, he's 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 got his prayer answered, so he's in a better place. And uh, also, let's pray for my cousin Ron. He needs our prayers. Glory, Jean and Jerry, Hazel Owens, uh, Faye, uh, Faye Barnes, Everett Marie, Lisa, and her mom. Let's do pray for her. Uh, her mom was on some antibiotic and it make it was making her sick. She had to come off of it. But let's just pray for them today. Uh, Ellen Miller, let's continue to pray for her. She's recovering from her surgery. Uh, Bubba, let's continue to pray for him. My sister Angel's, uh, Angie's uh, Angel, Angel, Angel and Angie's messed me up. Amen. So Angel, let's remember her. Do pray for our police officers, our churches, our shut-ins, our lost, and uh, 
our country and our leaders, we need they need prayer today. And uh, Sister Lori's going through some tests. Brianna's got surgery June the 4th. Stephanie's daughter and also Lovada's dad. And also uh, pray for uh, the uh, uh, Michelle. What's Michelle's last, was last name? Michelle Moore. Uh, she passed away. Uh, she well, How old was she? 43 years old when she passed away, left behind two kids, young kids, and also another cousin, uh, Stephen, is that his name? He passed away yesterday, and he's only in his 20s, correct? And uh, so let's just remember them today. Uh, God would just, as part of Fuzzy and him's family, let's remember them today and the special request. And let's all stand and get ready to go to the Lord in prayer. Maybe someone has a request by uplifting their hand or maybe by outspoken at this time. Yes, let's do pray for Colby. Anyone else? Go ahead, sis. Yeah. Amen. Anyone else? Yes. Anyone else? Yes. Anyone else? Yes. Anyone else? Yes. Anyone else? Amen. Any others? Amen. Let's take them to the throne of God. He's the one that can take care of them today. Let's bow our heads this morning. Father, we love you today and we thank you, Lord, for the privilege and opportunity of prayer. We're so glad that we're able to assemble ourselves together in your house and celebrate a, a Mother's Day, Lord. We thank you for that. But most of all, we want to thank you for your son, Jesus, uh, uh, coming, Lord, and dying for our sins, raising on the third day and going to prepare a place for us. And and soon and very soon, you're going to come back and take us home to be with you. Uh, but until that time, you said, occupy until I come. Uh, I pray it will just help us, Lord, to be about the Father's business, Lord, doing the things which you would have us to do. Uh, and we just ask you, Lord, today, you know every object of prayer. Uh, uh, Lord, whether it was uplift of hand, whether it was outspoken, Lord, request. Uh, uh, Lord, on the prayer request list, Lord, today. Uh, uh, Lord, it doesn't matter where it is. Lord, I know a man who can take care of all the situations of life today if we'll just trust in you. Uh, uh, Lord, if we'll just put our trust and faith in you, Lord, without faith is impossible uh, uh, to please you, Father. But if we put our faith and trust in you, uh, uh, Lord, you can take care of the things that need to be taken care of today. Uh, I thank you for all the members, all the visitors, everyone that's made their way to the house of the Lord today. Uh, I pray, Lord, as we sing congregational this morning, as we sing uh, uh, special request songs this morning and specials, uh, and Lord, the reading and the preaching of thy precious word, we just ask you, Lord, Lord, that your will uh, and your way would be done on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, and we ask you this morning, God, as we receive the offering, Lord, we pray, Lord, that you would just take it and use it uh, uh, for the upbuilding of thy kingdom. Bless the giver and those that have not to give. Uh, and we just love you and we praise you for all things today, for us in the precious and wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, we all do pray and all, everyone in the house says... Uh, uh, amen and amen this morning. Remain standing. We'll ask him to come. Turn your hymn books to page 300. Uh
and 33. Going to ask uh, uh, Casey if he'll get the uh, bucket this morning. Pass it around for our tithes and offerings. If you have to give, bless you. If you have not to give, thank you for coming anyway and being part of our service today. How many is looking forward to flying away one day? Amen. I'm looking forward. I will fly away. So let's all sing together. Page 333. When this life is o'er, I'll fly away to a home on God's celestial shore. I'll fly away. I'll fly away. That's right. Thank you, Lord. Fly away. Oh, ah. 
do tomorrow. He never gave up. the struggles within me there's been times i've strayed away and even times i could not pray but somehow my faith would say hold on there's a brighter day he never gave up he never gave up And that was enough If you could see who I was before I'm sure that you'll agree He never once ever gave up on me If your back's against the wall And you feel all hope is lost often ask yourself is there a reason to go on he looks beyond your guilt and shame you see his mercy takes the blame so forget about your past and praise the lord you're free at last because he never gave up he never gave up mercy reached down and that was enough if you could see who i was before i'm sure that you'll agree he never once ever gave up on me you can see who I was before. I'm sure that you'll agree. He never once ever gave up on me. If you can see who I was before, I'm sure that you'll agree. He never once ever gave up on me. Before, I'm sure that you'll agree He never once ever gave up on me 
Yes. Till the storm passes.
Um, I will trust. I will trust. That's what we got to do. We got to trust. Amen. No matter what situation we in, we just got to trust in you.
where I was on death row Guilty in the first degree Son of God hanging on hell Hell was my destiny The crowd was shouting crucified could have torn from these lips of mine. The dirty shame was killing me. It would take a miracle to wash me clean. Then I read the railings and the ground began to shake. The prison walls started falling And I became a free man that day Felt like lightning in my veins My dear heart began to beat Words of God filled my life Thank God for our singers this morning. Thank God for everybody. Have your Bibles turned to Genesis chapter number 19 this morning. Genesis chapter number 19, verses 12 through 16 will be our reading this morning by the help of the Lord. And uh, do to pray for us that God would ever use us for His glory, for His honor. And uh, on occasions, uh, if you're not careful as a pastor concerning myself, we try to look for stuff that will... Uh, that fits the occasion, but uh, we got to also remember 
God is the reason for this occasion today. And he's got a job to do. I mean, he's, he's, got, he's, wanting, he's doing things this morning. So he led me to resurrection this morning. And I've asked God I couldn't get nothing else. So this is what I'm going to preach because I'm here to please him, not nobody else. So uh, in Genesis chapter number, uh, chapter number 19, excuse me, verse number 12, we'll begin reading there. Listen to this as it says. And the men said unto Lot, has thy here any besides sons and son-in-law and they, thy sons and thy daughters and whatsoever thou hast in the city, bring them out of this place. For we will destroy this place because the cry of them is waxing great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord hath sent us to destroy it. And Lot went out and spake unto his sons-in-law, uh, which married, uh, which married his daughters, and said, uh, "Said up, get you out of this place, uh, for the Lord will destroy this city." Be, but he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-laws. And when the morning arose, when the angels hastened, Lot said, "Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters, uh, uh, which are here, lest I be consumed in the iniquities of the city." And while he lingered. The men laid hold upon his hand and upon the hands of his wife and upon the hands of his two daughters. Uh, the Lord been merciful unto him, and they brought him forth and set him without the city. Let us pray. Father, we love you today, and we thank you, Lord, for the reading of thy precious word. We're so glad today, God, that you're such a merciful and gracious God. Uh, and we're so glad today, Lord, that you're lingering today, Lord, for you're not coming returning uh, uh, because, Lord, I know, Lord, the last one has not been saved today, that Lord is ready to be saved, but today could be that day. Uh, and I just ask you, Lord, today, Lord, help us as Christians. Lord, help us, Lord, as those uh, uh, that have walked away from you this morning, those that have never been born again. I ask you, Lord, today, God, please, uh, uh, Lord, just challenge our hearts. Uh, uh, Lord, bring conviction upon our hearts and our minds today. Lord, when you do, Father, I pray, Lord, uh, uh, that we would heed to those who are precious word of God today uh, and we would make the changes that we need to make in our lives because we know soon and very soon uh, uh, the King of kings and the Lord of lords is going to uh, ascend from heaven with a shout of uh, uh, the voice of the archangel, Lord, and the dead in Christ are going to rise first uh, and all that are alive and remain are going to be called up together to meet you in the clouds. And Lord, after that, Lord, uh, he's going to become a wrecking day, Lord, when you're going to destroy this world uh, and I this, Lord, as it was in the city there, you was going to destroy that city. And I ask you, Lord, today, bless us, help us, strengthen us, lead us, guide us, and direct us. Drive back the opposing powers of Satan this morning, Lord, and give me freedom, Lord, to bring the Word of God into the family of God today. In the name of Jesus Christ, we all do pray and ask these things. And everyone in the house says, Amen and Amen this morning. You may be seated. May God add His blessings unto the reading of His precious Word today. Do desire your prayers, do covet your prayers, uh, uh, that God would help me. But I'd like to read one more passage of Scripture this morning, uh, uh, which is found in Psalms chapter 39, verse number 7, uh, uh, which says this, And now, Lord, what wait I for? Uh, uh, my hope is in Thee this morning. Why? What do I wait for is what he's saying. Uh, uh, because my hope is within Thee. Uh, and I know if you've been in any church any length of time, you have heard the story uh, about Lot 
in Solom and Gomorrah. I know you've heard that. And we're familiar with this story today of Lot. And God told Lot that he was going to destroy Solomon and Gomorrah there. Solomon and he and his family should leave the cursed city there. He told them that. That's more or less what he was telling them through the angels in verse number 12. And also it goes on, yet in spite of the announcement of pending destruction, Lot did not immediately think about leave the city because in verse number 16, after hearing these things, yet it says he lingered. And you think about that, the word linger means to hesitate, to delay, to, you know what, to tarry when you should be going this morning. So by the help of the Lord, I'd like to preach upon the thought, the dangers of lingering today, the dangers of lingering today because the, as we consider more this, the circumstances in Lot's day, the more amazing this becomes, the story becomes of Lot's response. Listen, Lot knew the awful condition of the city in which he lived in because the Bible says his righteous soul was vexed daily. You think about that. He knew. He chose this place to go to. He chose this place to and you know what the Bible you know if you go back and look Abraham and Lot they had some disagreements so they made up their mind to make the part ways and you know what Abraham told Lot he said Lot you look and you pick where you want to go and Lot looked at Solomon Gomorrah that area and it was beautiful a precious land to look upon but you know what it don't matter how good it looks it ain't always looks or not always what it seems to be this morning and you know we find the story of how about Lot went his way, Abraham went his way, uh, and now we come to a place where uh, Abraham, uh, I mean Lot, but the city that Lot was in and chose to go to uh, was going to be destroyed by fire and brimstone. He knew the awful condition of the city, uh, yet he lingered. He knew the fearful judgment coming down uh, 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 upon that city. But, but in verse 13, but it says he lingered. Uh, he knew that God was a God who always kept his word. Uh, and if he said a thing, he would surely do it. Uh, uh, you know what? I can promise you, God is a man of his word. Uh, he will do what he says he's going to do. He's always done that. Uh, and he will continue to do that today. I don't care how much uh, we think we advance, how much we think we don't need God but you know what America was founded upon God but the Bible says all nations that forget God shall be turned into hell and America as a majority has forgotten God and we need to realize that today And but you know what many people are choosing the world and it's beautiful and I'm not going to lie to you there is pleasure in this world but the thing is, the pleasure in this world is only temporary. It's going to come to an end. The world in the life, the, this world for us Christians, it's getting harder and harder, and it's getting, you know what? They don't recognize us. They don't want us. They want to stamp us out. They want to get us out. But you know what? This is not my home. I'm glad to be an American, but today this is not my home. My home is on the other side. I'm looking for that home. And Jesus one day is going to come and take us home. And that's when we're going to begin to live. I'm looking for that today. He knew that all these things. He believed there were danger for he went to his sons-in-law and he warned them to get out of this place. But how many people today do you go warn them? And you know what? This is a warning from God today to all of us Christians. All the way down is for all of us. It's a warning for all of us to heed. Jesus is going to destroy this place. 
We tell other people, oh, I don't believe you, preacher. I've been hearing that all. That's like the scoffers. I've been hearing that. I, I, I know I need to make things right. I know, and you know, I hear this a lot. Me and God's got things worked out. If you and God got things worked out, you listen to his way, and you've done his way, and that's how you got them worked out. Because that's the only way you can work it out. But the Bible says, yet he lingered. He saw the angels of God standing by, waiting for him and his family to go forth. And he heard the voice of the ministers of wrath ringing in his ears to hasten him out of the city in verse number 15. But the Bible says in verse 16, yet he lingered. He hesitated. He tarried. But you know what? Lot's not alone in his flight. You know what? For the, There's millions of people today that are hesitating to do that which they ought to do. Uh, which brings me to my first point today. Listen, uh, I'm not just preaching to the lost today. I'm preaching to all of us. Uh, I'm going to talk to all of us today. Why? Because the first thing is why does a person hesitate to do that which he ought to do? I believe there's several answers to this question. The first one is some may not know what they ought to do. You know that? I told you earlier, I've, I've always been in a Christian home. I've always been in church. But my mom got saved when she was five months pregnant with me. My dad got saved that Sunday afternoon after my mom got saved. I'm not, you know, so you think about this, but uh, what I'm trying to say, I know what, I know what the Bible says. Uh, I even knew when I was lost uh, as a child, I knew what I needed to do. I knew these things, but you know what? Uh, some people, they just waiting on, they don't know what to do when they get saved. Uh, we, we think they're supposed to know everything, but they don't. You got to look at the circumstance. For example, when one gets saved, they may not realize they need to be baptized. And when they realize they need to be baptized, they may not need to, they not, may not realize they need to be immersed. Emerged in water. You know what? Because baptism represents you're laying down the old man. It's a symbolic of what you've done in your heart already. You laid down the old man to death and you have raised up a new man. And the only way you can lay the whole old man down is you've got to emerge all the way in water. And then when you come up this morning, you will be a new creature. Not in the water, but it's a symbolic of salvation. But many don't know that. A person may not know that he should separate himself from uncleannesses. Now the Holy Spirit of God will teach us. Because you know, when I, the things I used to do before I got saved, you know what? I, I would, uh, after I got saved, it bothered me. The, God would deal with me and say, hey, don't do that. But I did, you know, many times we don't know that and we just got to learn. And a person may not know that they should be a member of a Bible-believing church. A, a person may not know that they should tie their income. Uh, again, listen, he may hesitate to do that which he ought to do because he does not know what he should do. Everybody, you know what? We think everybody knows how to be saved. Everybody don't know how to be saved. Everybody ain't been to children's church. Everybody ain't been to Sunday school. Everybody ain't been to church. But many hesitate because they don't know what to do. Number two, second of this, uh, while uh, uh, that person hesitates to do which they ought to, uh, second, some are waiting to be convinced. You can't just tell them. You've got to convince them that it's the right thing to do. And how do you supposed to convince them? Not by your, uh, not by your convictions, not by your things, but what the Bible says. They, the Bible says if you consider it to be unclean, to you it's unclean. 
It don't matter if everybody else can do it. Say some things, if it's unclean to you, you had better not do it. But if it's in black and white or in red letters as he sings, uh, uh, then you know what? It's for all of us. Uh, and it's not just for this class or that class, but it's for all of us. Uh, uh, but we got to convince them and tell them uh, uh, so they know and be convinced that it's the right thing to do. That's why some people hesitate. The third thing is some are waiting to enjoy the world a while longer. Well, I plan on getting saved but I'm going to wait till I get a little bit older. I always think about this when I talk about this. As my dad told me one time, he, well, he told it in his preaching, and I remember it. This has been many years ago. He said a man told him one time, he said, I'm going to get saved when I get 44 years old. He had his age picked out. But you know what? You may not be able to be saved at 44. Many want to sow their wild oats, so to speak, and things like that. But you know what? Uh, you know what? Many, when I talk about this, many in their youth, they want to go out here and they want to live it up and have, a, have the things of this world, enjoy the world, uh, has the offer. But in significance, that without exception, uh, every person who gets saved uh, later in their life, they wish to God they'd got saved earlier. You know, I can stand here and tell you today I've never drank. I never took drugs. There's a lot of things that I never have done. But you know what? And I'm so glad I didn't do them. But you know what? There are some things that I have done that I'm ashamed of. But what I'm trying to say is many people think they've got to get out here and live it up. The best life you can ever live is for Jesus. The best life. You know what? You can you can take uh, you can take two people uh, that are the same age, and you can stand them side by side, uh, and one that's lived out here and lived in the world and uh, lived their life for the devil uh, and just sowed their wild oats, and the one that's give their life to Jesus early in life, uh, and one looks younger than the other, because this world scars us. This world beats us down. This world uh, takes us to a place that we never thought we would go, makes us stay longer than we never thought we stood stay. Uh, and it pay, makes us pay much more than we ever thought that we would pay. Uh, uh, but you think about some just want to enjoy. Uh, the Bible says sin is good for a season. Uh, you can enjoy it out here, but there is an end to that joy. The fourth one is some are waiting for husband and wife or friend to be saved. When I say that this morning, my mind automatically clicked to about two or three people that I saw that happen in church. One time in Kannapolis, that's the first one that popped in my mind. They sat about behind Elizabeth there. It was on a Sunday morning. There's a husband and wife. I got done. One lifted their hand, but neither one of them never came. Talked to them afterwards. I got to talk to them and talk with them. And the one that raised their hand said, if my, my spouse would have come, I would have come. But you know what? Think about this. What is salvation? It's kind of like a domino effect. You got a domino. You set up dominoes so far apart, and you know what? When you hit them, it just, it, it, one hits the other, and it just goes down the line. But there's always got to be that first one. That first one's got to go, and sometime that first one is you. 
You got to be the first one and then it goes down. Like I said earlier, my, my dad, my mom got saved on a Sunday morning at church. Uh, my dad was at work and he, he was working. He come home from, uh, he come home from work and what he done when he walked up to the front door of it going to the house, uh, uh, somebody met him and said, Hey, Marie, my mama got saved today. And he said something got a hold of him. And he went to church before church ever opened. And he bowed on his knees and asked Jesus to forgive him. But what was that? That was a domino effect. You can't worry. Listen, it don't matter how much I love Juanita. It don't matter how much I love Caleb. It don't matter how much I love you. I can't get none of you to heaven. It's my choice. But I do promise you this morning, there's nobody worth giving up Jesus for. There's nobody worth denying Jesus for because you know what? Uh, all these things, you know many people from time to time, if they would come, I'm waiting on my husband, I'm waiting on my wife, I'm waiting on my friends, I'm going to lose my wife, I'm going to lose my husband, I'm going to lose this. No, you're going to gain Jesus and he'll take care of everything else. There's a lady that uh, I pastored her children and she actually came to the church uh, in 95 or so when I, when I, when I was pastoring there, we come and done the, come, I dreamed I searched heaven for, uh, or we done something and some of it, some of the people were there. She came and sung. I can't remember, but she walked around on a cane. She gave her life to Jesus Christ. And she had a beautiful voice. She was a church of God lady, but they said that she would go in her, her secret place to pray. And when she began to pray, her husband would come and beat her because she prayed. And she, but you know what? She never gave up. She never left him. And before he died, you know what? He got saved. He got saved. But she couldn't worry. Listen, she wasn't worried about, listen, we can't do nothing about our children. We can't do nothing about nobody else. The only salvation we can work out is our own. But there's nobody worth losing Jesus over. And then the next one, some, some are waiting for that, that feeling. I don't know what feeling they're looking for this morning, but I know every person, uh, uh, no doubt under the sound of my voice, they have felt that feeling, I need to be saved. Because you've got to have that drawing. But you know what? I don't know about that. But you know what? If you feel that, because the Bible describes an unsaved individual as dead in the trespasses and sins. And it's only when you come to Christ that it is quickened, it quickens you. What that means, a spiritual resurrection takes place. When he quickens you, he brings you to life spiritually. The Bible says in Ephesians 2, 1 and, uh, verse 1 and verse 5, And you hath he quickened who were dead in his trespasses and sins. Uh, and verse 5 says, even when, we're, uh, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with, uh, uh, with Christ. Uh, by grace are you saved. Uh, so you think about that today. You're, you're quickened. He's wanting to bring life into you. Uh, he's wanting to give you that. But you know what? We can't go by feeling. we got to go by faith. The next one, some are waiting for a more convenient season. Think about that, a more convenient season. What happened there? Listen, the time will never be more convenient or right than if God is dealing with your heart than right now, today. Today. 
I took that word more convenient season from Acts chapter 24 where it talks about Governor Felix there when, G, when Paul had came unto him and what Paul did in verse 25 of that chapter says, and he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come. A, a Felix trembled. You know what? He trembled. Why, why did he tremble? God got a hold of his heart. He was knocking on his door and answered, go thy way for this time when I have a convenient season, I will call for you. This is the sinner's excuse when he or she are under conviction and refuse to surrender. But you know what? He put off that time. And according to the Bible, because I believe it was so important that if he would have come to God, it would have been registered in the, in the Bible. But according to the scriptures, he never had that convenient season. Today's the day of salvation. Now is acceptive time. But that is why many hesitate to come. And they hesitate on that. Number two, once a person knows what he should do, it is wise to do it. You know that? It's wise. Because if you look in 2 Samuel chapter number 3, you'll find there that King Israel was without a king. King Saul had died. And, and, and a man by the name of Isabosheth, I can't say his name right good, is, is, is Isabosheth. Uh, you know what he, he, what he done? He was in there. He was very weak, a man. He, was, uh, he wasn't fit to be the king, so to speak. Uh, he was a very weak man. But in verse 17 and 18, Abner uh, uh, said this unto the elders of Israel, Look, you have always wanted David to be your king uh, so what now then do it you know what you want you know what you need so do it you know what you need this morning I don't have to tell you you know what you need this morning because you know what it, not only that but in your personal life uh, perhaps the Lord is leading you to speak to someone uh, or to do a good deed for someone once you know what the Lord wants you to do uh, will do something what you need to do in your personal life is you need to do it don't make excuse. In your Christian service, perhaps the Lord is leading you into a work, into the ministry, particular area of the church. Again, if the Lord is definitely impressed upon your heart to do something, then it will be available for you to do. And I promise you, as we continue to open up and as we continue to go forward, we're going to need somebody. We don't need those that's already doing to put more on them. We're going to need some more to step up. And only, you know, God knows what we need to do. And you know what? It's time. We know what we should do. You think about that. I knew, uh, uh, I remember the night that uh, I was, I didn't know what to do when I was become the pastor here. Y'all, the church had already voted me in and, and all this. And I, and I didn't know what to do that week. We was in revival and, and I was, uh, I was so scheduled to meet with the deacon board on that Saturday and we was in revival and it was a Thursday night and I, I come home from work and I was in a hurry, but I told my wife, I said, I got to go to my building. I went to my building. I said, Lord, you know this preacher don't know nothing about the decision I'm trying to make and I don't know what to do. I want you somewhere in his preaching tonight that you show me what I'm supposed to do, whether to go or whether to stay. And preacher Odell Cook got up there that night and he began to read that scripture. As much as is in me, I'm now ready to go to preach to those in Rome. And when he said that, it was like an arrow penetrated my heart. And you know what I've done? I'll go, Lord. 
J.B. Davis had called me several times. Preacher, what will it take for you to come? I know what he was talking about. Money, package, and all that. I said, the Lord. That was it. The Lord. That's the only way I'm going to go. It's got to be the Lord. And all this. So when you know what you need to do in the service, uh, you know what? Uh, I know uh, the thing is, not only when you know what to do, uh, but in the ministry, is if the ministry is worth doing, it is worth doing well. The problem, the curse on the local church is we can become so mediocre. Uh, you know what? So uh, I can't say that word too good, but ordinary and average being an average person. Uh, uh, you know, many people are doing jobs that they don't really want to do, but they have to do it because nobody else will do it. But once God wants you to do something, you need to do it. And you know what? We need to just, well, uh, if we don't want to do it with all of our heart, we just need to leave it alone. You can't give all your heart. Because, you know, I remember when I was in, uh, when I was in Kannapolis uh, and uh, uh, the Lord was dealing with me. And uh, you know what? There for one, at one time I was ready to resign for, I think I was ready to resign every Sunday. But sometime I was ready and Juanita wouldn't. Sometime Juanita was ready and I wouldn't. But then it come because I talked to my dad and my dad never was really no help. He just said, you got to talk to the Lord. But I told him this. I said, Dad, I'm not going to do this just for the money. I'm not doing this just for what they, my packet. I'm not doing for this. I just want to do what God wants me to do. And you know what? Think about this. When I resigned my first church, I went from a package, benefits, and all of that to $8 an hour and no benefits. But you know what? Didn't even have a place to live. But you know what? God provided us a house. God, We didn't lose nothing. God took care of us. The thing is, what I'm also trying to say if you can't do it with all your heart, if your heart's not in it, you can't be effective that you need to be. You got to be willing to do what God wants you to do in His service, Christ. Or you know what? I, you know, as a pastor, I can't do everything. As other leaders, you can't do everything. It takes all of us. But don't hesitate when God tells us to do something. We need to do it, but we need to do it with all of our heart, our mind, our soul. And remember, when you, when you want to do it, then you got to be willing to do it. Through the good times, the bad times, no matter what may happen. Because that's what it takes. Because all these things. And concerning a person's salvation, once the Lord deals with your heart, the best thing you can do, you ought to just come and surrender all to Him. Say, here I am, Lord. Because listen to this, as it was in Genesis 19, Lot knew what he should do, but he lingered. There's this story about a famous surgeon. He was a surgeon. He was so famous that he'd done it in the theater where other medical students could watch him do the procedures. And he was doing it on a, he was uh, performing the most delicate and difficult and critical operation upon this uh, man. And after he finished up with the man, he turned to the class and he said, gentlemen, uh, two years ago, a simple operation might have removed the trouble and cured the disease. Six years ago, a right way of living would have rendered the operation unnecessary. We have done the best we can, but now nature will have her way. 
And she does not always consent to the appeal of her capital sentence. And the next day, the patient died, and he died because he was a victim of delay. He put off what he should have done earlier, and it cost him his life. You put off what God wants you to do. You think about this. If God, you know, I remember uh, uh, these two sisters. They were both in my church at one time in Kannapolis, and both of them, uh, uh, both of them played the piano. And one of them was my pianist when I left. It was she was there when I was there and when I left. Uh, uh, but you know what? She had to work diligently. She had to work hard and had to study in order to play it. But her sister could just uh, sit down and play it at one time. But you know what? She didn't use it for a long time, and she lost it. So if you don't, you know what? And she regretted it after she lost it. But once you lose it, it's too late. Once you can't do it no more, it's too late. You got to do it now. We get older. Remember Pauline Hogan? She used to say, Preacher, I wish to God I gave my life to Jesus earlier. But you know what? Once you lose it, you can't, you can't do it. You got you to do it. Once a person knows what he should do, it's wise to do it. No matter how young. I was 14 years old, years old when God dealt with me to preach. But I waited until I was 15. Why? Because God had to show me. I ran. I didn't want to do it. But once I committed, you know what? I'm ready. It's what God wants me to do. You know what? And I, you know, you got to desire the uh, work of a bishop. You got to desire that and you got to want to. And even if you want to, it's hard. But you know why, why the dangers of lingering, the last one. If it is ever right to be saved, then one ought to be saved right now. Like Felix in Acts 24, waiting for the convenient season that never come, he realized later that it was, was today. Why should a person be saved now? I believe there's several answers to this and reasons to this. Because today the Holy Spirit of God is drawing you. He's woeing with you. And that's what it takes. Because you know what? There, there may come a time when he will no longer move with you. You keep rejecting him. You're turning him away. You need to remember there's reasons First, because the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit, if there's any convicting going on here today, it's the Holy Spirit of God knocking at your door. Second of all, because of the danger of the hardened heart. Uh, you, know why, you know why a lot of people can come into God's house and it don't really convict them, it don't really bother them too much no more? It's because every time you hear the gospel and you refuse it, your heart gets a little harder. Your heart never stays the same. It gets a little easier to do that, and you harden your heart. Third of all, because Jesus may come at any moment. You know that? A lot of us are thinking about what we're going to eat after service. Your stomach's already growling. 11.30. Because Americans, we don't eat because it's, we're hungry. We eat because it's time to eat. That's what Japan says about us anyway, Japanese. And there's a lot of truth to that. But you know what? God is... God comes by 
And he knocks. You know what? Just as he did Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, you know what? Went and run into a tree. And Jesus knew he was going to be in that tree. And Jesus knew he was going to pass by. And Jesus knew he was going to call him that day. Just as he knew he was going to call you today. Think about this. It's wonderful. And I'll be the first to admit, I don't know when Jesus is coming. But according to the Bible, he could come at any moment, at any time. Any time. If you're waiting for something to happen, it's already happened and it's still happening. And one day, the next sound we hear could be the sound of the trumpet. I think about that in a moment. That's why you need to get saved today. Why? Because uh, uh, the next Mother's Day, next, uh, next, uh, next Sunday, next week, next, tomorrow, even after we leave church, it may be too late. Now's the moment that we have to come. And the fourth one is because you may die today. You may die today. Just be honest. Most deaths are come are, are not expected. Car accidents, heart attacks, just many different things happen. And you just pass from this wife. Just a moment of time. We were coming back home last night, and I was driving, and there was this car that pulled over, and there's four of us. And for a moment there, I said, they're going to hit, and, I, and we're going to be in a wreck. And you know what? In that split second there, something could have happened that could have took me and my family out of this world. And we don't even realize that. Most people say, I'll never get in an airplane, but they'll drive 70 miles an hour right beside each other. Said, it might not be my time, but it might be the pilot's time. Yeah, but. If it's the pilot's time and you go down and you go, it's your time too. But what I'm trying to say, as it is appointed unto men once to die, and after this the judgment. There's this game that people play that's a fool's game, really. It's called Russian roulette. You take a six revolver, six cylinder, like a 38 special, it's got cylinders for six bullets. What you do, you take a bullet, one bullet in them six chambers, and you put it in one of them, and you spin the cylinder, and you stick it up to your temple, and you pull the trigger. If it lands on an empty, uh, uh, empty cylinder, you win. If it lands on the one with the bullet in it, you lose. And so many people are playing a, a spiritual Russian louette, Russian louette with their life. How do you know, preacher? Because you know what? I, I, I preached uh, this sermon this morning, and you considered the alternatives. You know that Jesus may come today. You know your heart will be a little harder following this service. You know you could possibly die today, yet you put the spiritual trigger hoping you can survive until another service. This could very well be your last service. You say, preacher, do you think so? I kind of doubt it, but it very well could be. There was a lot of people that walked in church last Sunday that are never walking to church again because they died. They ended up in obituary. Think about this. But as we stand, as every head is bowed, I'm going to talk to you in closing this morning. I'm going to ask you a question this morning as every head is bowed. Rachel, can you play just as I am? We're just going to have her to play that on the, on the piano this morning.
in just a moment. Let me ask you a question this morning before we start our invitation or while we're in process of it. If you're here this morning and you're unsaved, do you think you should become a Christian? Then if you think you should become a Christian, why not today? Why not today? Friend, if you have gotten away from the Lord and haven't given, in, uh, haven't given any thought to the coming back to the Lord, uh, if, if you've given thought about, I want to get back with the Lord, why not today? Let it be the day that you get back where you need to be with the Lord. Christian, there's a decision that you have to have thought about. Perhaps you have thought about the decision to start tithing or putting your membership in this church or following the Lord in believer's baptism or working in the youth ministry or some other area of the ministry, then why not make that decision today? So everybody under the sound of my voice today has got a decision to make. we got a decision. You know what? Only you can make that decision. God warns you. God tells you. But it's up to you what you do. As every head is bowed, you think about where do you stand? If you want this church and this preacher to pray for you and you say, you, I'm lost, preacher. I've never been saved. Would you remember me in this prayer? I promise you, I will not embarrass you. I not, will not come to you. I will just pray for you. But will you say, preacher, remember me? Would there be an honest hand anywhere? Honest hand. You say, preacher, I've been saved. I know I'm saved, but I'm not where I need to be with the Lord. I'm not the Christian. You know, I'm not living the life that I need to be. I'm not living the testimony I need to be living. And I find myself walking. I'm far away from him this morning, and I need to get back where I need to be with him. Would there be one anywhere wants a prayer? Christian, maybe there's something the Lord's dealing with you about doing. And you want him to help you to do it. Make that decision today. I'm going to do it. Would there be one anywhere? One anywhere. God sees us on his heart. Are there another? God sees. Are there another? God sees. Are there another? Father, we love you this morning and we thank you for, Lord, the message and for help. Lord, we've done it to try to help someone today because, Lord, it's dangerous to linger. Dangerous. And Lord, many are walking on dangerous ground today. I pray, Lord, just help the lost, Lord, to realize they need to be saved, and I pray they would be saved. Lord, those that have walked away from you, God, I pray, Lord, help them to get back in line with you this morning. And I pray for us Christians, Lord, help us, Lord, uh, Lord, be about the Father's business, make decisions to do the right things for you. And I pray, Lord, it's those that lifted their hands, Lord, nobody lifted their hands being lost that I saw. Or, Lord, uh, away from you this morning, but, Lord, there was some hands that went up. Lord, as Christians need to make decisions, Father. And I ask you right now, as invitation numbers being played, those that need to come, they would come in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. We have some coming. What about you? Whether you let, raised your hand or whether you didn't, come to Jesus. Come while he calls. If you're lost, don't leave here lost. Jesus is here to save you, please. Just as you are, preacher, I'm going to do this. I know all you've got to do is listen to the call, listen to the, the voice of Jesus when he knocks at your heart and just come. He knows all about you.
but yet he loves you. You think about this, Lot knew all of this, but the angels finally had to get a hold of him and get him out of the city. God's merciful, God's gracious. He's getting a hold of your heart today and he's saying, get out from amongst this world and be separate. You gotta come, these have come. What about you? Just as I am, without one plea, think about this. As she plays just softly while this one's still praying. The altar's still open, but the invitation is winding down. What you do with Jesus, you've heard what the Word of God says and what the preacher had to say through the Spirit of God today, and you've taken a chance. And it could be very costly. Gambling with your soul. One day you're going to die. And as the tree falleth, that shall it lie. If you die lost, you're going to be lost still. If your heart's fixed, it's going to be fixed still. Whatever way you die, whatever way you fall, that's the way you're going to stand before God. This is the last stanza. Amen. Thank you for your attention this morning. You may be seated. Amen. Have you handed, you got them to hand out? Okay. All the mothers we have in the house, stand up, please. I just had you sit down, didn't I? Amen. If you're a mother, visiting member, stand. She's going to pass out a, a card we're going to draw. We got four gift cards here to everybody, most everybody's favorite place, Walmart. It makes it a little easier for her to give them out too. And while she's handing them out, does any of the mothers, do, would y'all like to say anything? Amen. Amen. The way it says. Yeah. Yes. Amen. Any anyone else? Any other mothers? Amen. Amen. 
Yes. Amen. Sister Kay? Yes. Amen. Go ahead, sis. Did you want to? I thought somebody, yeah. I thought I saw your hand go up. Yes. Amen. Amen. Any other mothers? Amen. Praise the Lord. Yes. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yes. Amen. Amen. Any children? Okay, go ahead. Anyone else? Yes. Amen. Anyone else? 
Bless her, Lord. Bless her, Lord. Amen. Anybody else? Any children want to say anything about their mothers? Amen. Anyone else? If not, we'll draw. Amen. You reckon Willa will come up here and draw these for me? Bring her up here. I like to get a pretty little girl or something to do this so they don't get mad at me. Hey, you want to get the flowers, uh, Scott? You want to get them to, to, if they want them, and just hand them out? Just a little suckling out there on the way out if you'd like to pick one up. Draw me one card there, please. Just one. One to start with. Okay, let me hold it. Thank you. That's one. Here, draw me another one. Okay, they got two more. You're doing good, girl. Thank you. She must looks like she likes one section so far. Just one. Okay, give it to Now draw you one to take with you. There you go. Give her a hand this morning. Okay, I'm gonna go by the the first one that I drawed, or she drew. I'm sorry. Everybody got three nine four on their cards. Is that the first three numbers? So I'm gonna call the last three numbers. Okay, three six one. Come on up. Come on. You got to come up here. She, her hands went down and the excitement left when she had to come up here. <laughs> Let's give her a hand. Congratulations, sis. We love you. The next one is 360. Bless you there. And the next one is 357. Come on, amen, give her a hand this morning. Congratulations. And the last one is 373. Give her a hand this morning. I bless you. Amen, let's give all of our mothers a hand this morning. You know, I thank the Lord for my mom, but I also thank the Lord for my wife, the mother she is to our son, and how God blessed us with her. I mean, you know, for years, everybody knows, most everybody knows the story about what the Lord did for us, and uh, it's hard to believe he'll be 11 in a few months, and uh, time just passing by, And uh, but I'm thankful for, for her. She takes care of him and takes care of me too. <laughs> so, uh, but has uh, anybody got anything else, got anything on their heart this morning? Let's thank our visitors for coming and being with us today. Now let's thank the Lord as we stand and give Him a standing ovation this morning. Amen.
I hope you have a blessed day with your family. Enjoy it. Don't eat too much and be safe and you're free to go in the fear of the Lord.